What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the hardworking happy hour. I'm Sean. And I'm Catherine. And as always, we'll be breaking down all things trades, entrepreneurship, and turning your creativity into a passion career. Welcome. Hey, what's going on? (laughs) This is so exciting. It's our new setup. This is very exciting. We are... uh, we're in the same place, but we're also in different locations. We're both here doing the podcast, but we are indeed in separate locations, about probably about 30 miles apart. But uh, thank God for modern technology because we're, we're all here. It's like, it's like nothing changed. It's like nothing changed. It's a regular, regular old podcast recording. Just a regular old podcast <laughs> recording. And I guess we should, we should uh, talk about why we're going this route, why we are. Uh, doing this online. This is this is kind of a uh, a test run. Yeah, this is a test run. We've done a mm-hmm. hundred episodes now. Yes. And what do I always say about when people ask me about video content and stuff? I say you got to make a hundred videos, right? Before you come up with any conclusions, right? I think that might be a little bit. I don't think you really need to make a hundred, maybe like fifty, but. <laughs> We did a hundred podcast episodes, and uh, I think I think we've talked about a lot of the things that you know we we know about. So I think it's time to get some more guests on. So mm-hmm. that's why we are giving this a test run, seeing how this all works, and uh, hopefully it's going to uh, really be awesome because we we got some really cool people that we want to bring on the show and talk to, and. Uh, you know, and still the same old, same old squirreliness and all, all that good stuff. Oh, of course. You can't do it without that. It's, the co- it's at the core of what we do. It is who we are and what we do. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, what kind of chair situation you got there? It looks like it has a an extremely high back. It almost looks like a thronish. It's, uh, I guess now that you're saying it, it does look taller than whatever you're sitting in because I cannot see whatever you're sitting in. Uh, yes. But it's like a nice, comfy office chair. I've had it for many years. I do it's, think that the paint colors that we have remarkably similar. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even like plan this that at all. And I think uh, very soon we'll have kind of, uh, at least me, I got some plans for my my little bit of a wall back here. And yeah. it's going to be much better than what it is right now. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that. This I am is just pretty a trial excited. run. This is just, just a dry a run. run. Yeah, see how it goes. See how it goes. Yeah. So, uh, and then today on this episode, we also have some really cool stuff that we're going to talk about because mm-hmm. it was recently brought to my attention that it's my nine-year anniversary at Premier Outdoor Living, thanks to LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. It's remarkable how many messages I got. Yeah. Uh, you know how it, like it prompts you and it just says, "Do you want to send a message saying congrats on your work anniversary?" I got yeah. like 100 messages that just said, congrats on your work anniversary. <laughs> so uh, that was cool. That's so nice. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's like so it's beyond like almost, yeah. uh, beyond like personal, but <laughs> it was still uh, it was still nice, I guess. Yeah. You know? Nice for know. you to see more so. Oh. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. Not, 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 not totally, but I did get a couple actual like personal messages like, People that popped up, and then they they took that opportunity to actually backspace the uh, "Congrats on your work anniversary" and like write an actual note, and that was nice. That was mm-hmm. very nice. That so is nice. Uh, I told you in person. I saw it on LinkedIn, and then I said, "Hey, Sean, 
It's your ninth anniversary. Congratulations. So that was probably the nicest uh, comment I got about it. To be honest, <laughs> it was the only one in person I got. So nice. uh, yeah, you had that going for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about lessons learned over those nine years. That was your idea. You were like, "What have you learned?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't think I've learned anything." But uh, there actually has been some some really good lessons learned over nine years. I mean. I compiled a couple of them, but it's going to kind of be an order of, you know, what I what I learned in the beginning, and then kind of the evolution as the business grew, the different lessons I learned. So I picked five really good ones, I think, and we're going to talk about those. Yeah, and I hope that one of my suggestions was maybe since like nine years is such a random number. It's like a random number, and it's like the one before like ten years. Ten years is like the big, you know. So I hope you have you thought of one goal or like thing I don't want to say lesson you want to learn because that's not how that works but like you know yeah what you want to accomplish for the next year what's your you know what's your goal there so yeah I I, I I think that that's going to be great and uh, another thing that I just thought about even though uh, right now I'm drinking a polar seltzer it's gonna be nice we can maybe get back to like actually doing this like a happy hour because the big problem that we came across was like, <laughs> yeah. you can't have like six beers and then and then drive home from the <laughs> podcast studio. So uh, we would maybe have like one or maybe, maybe two on some occasions. So now yeah. we're, we're both in the comfort of our own homes and we can, uh, we can really tie one on if we want and get, you know, get squirrely. So sure uh, wait, there's just, there's just so much on the horizon here that that's going to be good. Yeah. It's really exciting. And I think that, uh, I hope people will suggest who they would like us to bring on the podcast as a guest because this really does open a lot of avenues for us to contact people and get them on our podcast. So yeah. I hope people will reach out with uh, ideal guests for us to bring on. Yeah. Who's who's your like number one uh, dream guest that you'd love to have on? Um, You know, I well, I've made a list of who I want and, and mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of good people on there. But the one person that I think would be a really interesting person for us to have on is um, Daniel from This Is Asheville. I, I, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He works in the UK. And I just feel like it would be really interesting for us to now, like, not only can we bring, like, we're never going to run into him at a show. No. Um, and I just feel like they do things so differently. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I think that that would be great. I think that that would be a great guest. Uh, when you first brought him up to me, you, you did mention at least a, a few times how handsome he was. And he's very agree. handsome. He's very handsome. He's incredibly and, uh, handsome, yeah. I mean, is there anything cooler than, than a British accent? There isn't. There really isn't. I don't, so, like, um, what he, I think he seems very intelligent. So I'm sure that what he is saying is very intelligent. But he could be saying anything. Yeah. And I'd be like, wow. Yeah. You yeah, I think like pretty much really anybody anybody over there could, but uh, that would be a really cool guest to have. My, yeah, I, I was going just like you know, a dream guest would be Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs. Oh, just like, I mean, just that like would be, straight to the top. That would be really cool. Straight to the top. I mean, right. I think that would be that would be super cool. I know he's super involved with the trades and getting um, you know young people into that that career. So I think that would just be like a, a super cool guest to have on. So. Fingers crossed. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe eventually. Who knows? 
we'll how many see. emails do you think like people sent to like bug him to get on there to like for him to cave and give in? I think less than a hundred. All right, I'll yeah, start. So I'll start get, get started on that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's what we're going to be talking about today: is uh, the lessons I've learned. Uh, throughout the years and kind of in order, like from just starting out to, to, to growing to where we have now, and then talking about what we're looking to do to, to get to the next level. Yeah. You, you always got to be growing, evolving. Yeah. If you're not got growing, to. you're dying. Exactly. Um, before we like evolving, get into it, get into it. Do you want to talk about like what's going on? What's going on this week? What's going on next week? Oh yeah. What do you got going on? Not much. Just going to Jamaica. Jamaica. Jamaica, man. <laughs> I promise I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that when I'm there. Uh, you think? But if, if you've, <laughs> I mean, probably. But if you've seen The Office, um, I've brought this up many times already. Like getting a couple like beads in my hair. God, I and anybody do that. that's that's seen The Office when Michael Scott yeah. comes back and he's got like three beads in his hair, <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty great. So. I probably will do that, and really, uh, really it's like for the Decorators Pro Summit this trip. So we're leaving Tuesday, coming back Friday. Uh, should be pretty cool. I always get stressed out like leaving for stuff like this because uh, I don't know. There's just always so much to do, like you know, work to be done, videos to make, just the business stuff to be businessed. You yeah. know, yeah. So. Uh, but usually it's, it's only leading up to that. Once I get there, it'll be really cool. Um, be hanging out with a lot of, a lot of cool people at the, at the decorators event and everything. So I've never been to Jamaica, so should be pretty cool. Yeah. Very exciting oh, we'll stuff. See. Yeah. You're going to hold it down. You're going to hold it down while I'm going. So yeah, we'll be all right. Okay. Great. Great. We're going to have the whole yeah. roof done by the time you get back. It's going to be great. Awesome. Because I wasn't looking forward to doing that. So <laughs> perfect. Now that that would be great because also Aunt is expecting a child in like the next two weeks. So yeah. um it would really be great if before he's gone that roof is done. That would really be good. Yeah, that but, would be uh, good. But we'll see. If not, you know, we can handle it. It'll and it'll lead to some great content. So Definitely. uh what do you got going on this week? Besides just picking up all the slack that I'm going to leave. Yeah, mostly that. That's really it. Uh, you know, when you leave, there's um, a, a there's a opportunity to focus on certain things. And what, you know, what, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> what is that supposed like, to mean? Just like general focus. Just like, just like be able yeah. to okay. sit down and, and do things. Um, just like actually work, yeah. Just like work yeah. on, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so yeah, and it's like it is fun to creatively um, do things. Like when you're not there for the video, we all have to kind of get together and like kind of think of something else. You know, like what else can we do? What else can we do to make this interesting? So yeah, uh, those are always fun challenges. So I think it's just going to be business as usual, but minus Sean. Cool. I can't wait to see it. Uh, that's what that's what I really love about uh going away and then coming back and seeing uh it's always a surprise what the video is going to be. So Yeah. I love that and uh I've got all the faith in the world in all of you, so I think it's going to be amazing. And should we get into the 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 meat and the potatoes here? Yeah. Okay. What did you learn, Sean? 
I've learned so much. I've learned so much. And this is just a few things uh, that, you know, kind of stuck out to me from, and I tried to really think about it like in order, like what were those big revelations I had just as I was starting? And then, you know, they kind of build on top of each other to get, you know, where you are now. Everything that you do in business is usually from a mistake that you made or just, just some sort of revelation that you had. Like, wow, now I see this this thing that has been holding me back. So uh, I guess we'll start out from the top. And a lot of people already know that uh, I got into this just kind of happenstance. Like I was I was doing landscaping and then got an opportunity to do a really cool uh, design build project in a backyard. And, and I just loved it. And I wanted to jump right into it. And my biggest thing when I started out was I wanted to do decks, patios, backyards, that kind of thing. But I didn't want to do just your everyday run-of-the-mill 12 by 12 deck, 12 by 12 patio. Um, And I really had to think about how am I going to just get into business and skip all of that like boring introductory kind of stuff. And what I came up with is you have to do something different. You have to come at this with a different angle or a different strategy. You just have to think about it in a different way because if you don't, you're just going to follow like the normal progression of you're going to start with the lowest hanging fruit, the the really simple small jobs that that the bigger companies don't want to do and you're going to have to kind of like crawl your way up to to being the person that does that really cool unique stuff and I didn't want to do that. So I knew I had to do something different from the beginning. And my whole thing was, we're just going to build these cool projects. Like like that's how we're going to start. And to do that, I had to just kind of forget about the, the budget, the, the, you know, what the people could afford and really just try to find people that were like, Hey, you know, I, I see your vision for this. I'm going to let you run with it. And whether the budget was 15,000 or 20,000 back in those days, that was like, okay, I can do a lot with this. I didn't have a lot of overhead or uh, personal, uh, you know, financial responsibilities. It was pretty simple back then. So I could do a lot with a really small budget. And that was the biggest thing kind of going into it that. I learned just from kind of thinking about how am I going to get to this point where I'm just doing these unique projects. And the thing I came up with in that initial stage of business was you have to do something different. And I think it really helped that I never worked for somebody else that uh, did the same exact kind of thing. I was never that close to it where I felt like I had to follow a certain blueprint. And I think when you can come with that outside perspective and just kind of, you know, say, hey, I really like doing this. How can I, you know, get the opportunity to just build really cool projects? When you don't have any preconceived ideas of how it's supposed to be done, it kind of makes it a lot easier in a lot of ways because you're like, you can see it a little bit clearer. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. When you... um. Like you say that you you knew immediately you had to do something different. Yeah. Was that just because 
It's like, did you know that doing something different was going to like set you apart and you wanted to do it that way? Or was it like, this is the only thing I'm, I'm never going to make it past year one if I don't do what I want to do. A little, a little bit of both. I mean, I was just never interested in like, I mean, I don't want to say that I don't love the building aspect of what we do because I do like it. But the only reason I like the building aspect of it is because we get to see this really cool thing at the end Mm -hmm. that we all put a lot of effort and thought and vision into. It doesn't bring me a whole lot of satisfaction to just build something that's like pretty straightforward and like, like just the act of building itself isn't really what fulfills me. It's, it's building that thing that really like pushes your limits and, and makes you think and scratch your head. And like, when you're done, you step back and say, wow, this is, this is awesome. All this hard work paid off. So I don't think that I would have been able to last and really push through if we were just doing the boring stuff. And I also knew that, you know, going that route, which a lot of people do because you know, it's it's hard to to make those sacrifices in the beginning. It'll take ten to fifteen years to like build a reputation or a, or a portfolio of really cool projects. Like, you know, if you're just doing any deck and patio that comes along, you know, one out of every twenty, you might get the opportunity to do something really cool and unique. But it's going to take a long time to, you know, develop a portfolio of those type of really cool projects to be able to sell them exclusively. And then when you get in that mindset of, you know, we we do decks and patios, we do backyards, whatever it is, and you're willing to take that kind of stuff, then it's really hard to take yourself out of that. So I thought from the beginning, we got to do something different um, and and just figure out a way to, to, to kind of bypass a lot of that, like, years and years and years of like waiting for that cool project to come along. I wanted to figure out a way of bringing that, that to me. Yeah. It's very, very good. Uh, forethought on your tiny young entrepreneur brain. Yeah. God, thank you so much. Cause, <laughs> cause the, the, my brain was a lot smaller back then. It seems <laughs> like, and, uh, it made it so much easier. I think, I think the thing that really helped me in the beginning was like, I wasn't I wasn't coming at this with this is going to be the best way to make a lot of money. It was like I really really like this. This is fun. I love doing this and I want to figure out a way to do this. And I had I had in my head like there is a way to be successful at this and I think that will come, but that mm-hmm. wasn't the number one thing that was driving me. It was I love doing this. I'm really passionate about this and Whenever you can find something like that, you know, and you can you can kind of like harness it, I think that's where it, it just becomes a lot easier because you're willing to put in all the hard work because it doesn't feel as hard because you're just loving everything that you're doing. So um, I kind of went on a tangent there. I don't know. If, did I answer? <laughs> did I answer anything that, that you were you were asking there? Yes. Do you want to sum up that that first lesson into like a little? A little soundbite, a little, a little package, like you usually do. <sighs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to really get, you know. Usually, I only have to do that at the end, and uh, <laughs> and it doesn't really have to make much sense. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you know when you're when you're starting anything, the easiest way to 
do it and to to create your own brand is to just do something different. Like if you're just doing everything exactly the same way as everybody else, you're competing with everybody else. And yeah, there might be a, a bigger market for that, but you're just kind of lost in a sea of everybody else that's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you can step outside of that and figure out a way to do something different and and figure out a way to to tell people about that thing that makes you different, then you're kind of standing by yourself. You might have a more limited market, but you're the only one in that market. So I think that anytime you can do something like that, find something that that sets you apart, that makes you different, it just makes everything else so much easier because you're not necessarily competing with everybody that kind of feels like they're doing the same thing as you. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that are building backyards, but I feel like in our area, if you want exactly what we do, you know, there's a lot of people doing super cool stuff, but we have kind of a very unique look and, and feel and experience to what we do. So I think that makes us different and we stand alone there and we're not going to be a fit for everybody, but it makes it easier for the people we are a fit for. Yeah. Was that, was that condensed nicely enough? Yes. You did a great job. What I was kind of envisioning in my head was like a a Ferrero Rocher trying to wrap it like, like one of those, you know, those are, those are so nice. Those are so nice. You know, underrated candy. You never like go to the store and see one of them. Well, you don't. I don't know if underrated would would really be the word for it because I I feel like everyone puts them Under- on a pedestal and 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 reveres them with a great deal of respect. <laughs> There's a lot of respect on that candy. Okay, yeah, underutilized you know? is more what I was thinking. But that's the beauty of it. It's it's a special occasion candy. You think? I mean, if you're just eating Ferrero Rocher's like all the time, it's like oh, why can't you? What's stopping you? Because I'm not like the 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 king of England, you know. I I, I, <laughs> okay. I just don't live that lifestyle. Hmm. But well. hey, that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could, but I don't know. I just I, I feel like it wouldn't be as special. You know what is an underrated candy? A Toblerone. Ah, oh. what? Gross. Seriously? Yeah. No. Mm-mm. I don't even know what's in it, but like, oh, it's so unique. Whatever those little like triangles. I think yeah, it's coffee. Little- those little bits they always get like stuck in your teeth oh yes nah, that's part you could taste it <laughs> for like hours Trust. no anyway um yeah well that's 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 what i got on on my first my first lesson that was mm-hmm. my first big impact thing that i think changed everything for me all right um well let me ask you this yeah. Does one of your lessons have to do with uh, like sacrifice, like what you had to sacrifice in order to do that? Mm. If not, I think we should we should maybe touch on that. Or you know, no, none of the around. other ones do. Uh, I think I think that that sacrifice thing, and I think I know kind of what you're getting. At. I always talk about this. I mean, it's like one of my. You kind of know like all like the 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 things I say all the time, like. Mm-mm. You know, whether I'm on like a design call, there's a couple lines I'll always try to always try to pepper in there. But uh, you always have to sacrifice something to get where you want to be in business or in life or or anything. And it's just a matter of what you're going to sacrifice. So um, if you get into business and you just care about the profit and the bottom line, 
you're going to sacrifice being able to do those really cool projects because you're just going to take what comes along and just make sure that it's super profitable. And it's going to be really hard to break out of that and take a chance on a project where you might take a loss or you might not make as much. So if you're just going into it for profit, you're sacrificing that. You're sacrificing that that ability to build that portfolio that you can only build when you take chances. Mm-hmm. And you know the, the sacrifice that I took was time and money. I decided right from the beginning for the first year and a half to two years, like I'm not going to worry about anything. What happened? Did you... What just happened? Uh, I have a I have a rabbit in here. <laughs> oh, okay. And there's um a lot of cords happening under. You know, it looks very neat mm. right here, but a, a yeah. lot a lot of cords under here, and uh, he just got like absolutely tangled in them. And, oh, uh, nice. Do you want to do you want to give a shout out in a in a little you know screen time to your a little? He's yeah, kinda, like running around like crazy right now. I don't know if I can grab him, but uh, okay. Well, maybe if later. If he comes back, I'll I'll show you him. Okay, great. It's quite cute. But... Sorry, uh, that, so... that was distracting. Anyway, back to what anyway, you were saying. So I was, I was kind of wrapping it up anyway. You have to sacrifice something. I decided for the first year and a half to two years, I'm not going to worry about you know how much we're charging for the projects. I'm only going to worry about developing a portfolio and a reputation. And you know, the more the, the budgets did creep up within that two years, but it just gave me the opportunity to do more with it. So I intentionally kept all my overhead really low, um, lived very simply, you know, didn't have a huge mortgage or anything like that and decided that is going to be my sacrifice. And it, it didn't even really feel like a huge sacrifice at the time because I was having fun doing it. I was, I was really enjoying myself. Um, I was in like the best shape of my life then. Cause I was actually like, didn't have any machinery and was just like, doing everything and working a lot. So I was just having a great time doing it and it didn't feel so much like a sacrifice, but I was sacrificing a lot of time um, and a lot of potential profit because, you know, I was just the the amount that, that we were charging for like, you know, some really cool projects in the beginning were like, it was laughable. I mean, it was like, if you broke it down, I'd be making like less than $15 an hour, probably like $10 an hour. But it didn't feel like, you know, I knew that it was to build towards something bigger. So it didn't feel like it was just all for nothing. Like I'm just breaking down my body to just make $9 an hour. It felt like I'm building towards this, this goal and this, this vision. So it made it a lot easier, but it was still a huge sacrifice. And you got to make a sacrifice to get anything that you want. So you just have to decide what is that sacrifice you're willing to make. And, um, you know, that, that can be tough for a lot of people. A lot of people see this like, you know, coach type of, uh, you know, culture that's out there where it's like, all you have to do is just like, you know, buy this course and you'll be fine and, and you'll figure it out. And I got all the secrets for you. It's not like that. And you have to sacrifice something. And in that route, you're going to sacrifice your money because you're going to pay a lot for these these things that may or may not bring any benefit to you. So um, I hate when I see that kind of stuff that makes it like, Hey, this is going to be easy if you just follow my, my, my agenda, because it's not going to be easy. You got to, you got to make sacrifices and that goes for everything in life. So yeah, sorry to break that to you. If you felt like, you know, 
Or maybe we just don't know what we're talking about and we just do things the hard way. I don't know. But yeah. Know. I think it's hard for people, um, like young people who want to go out on their own. They hear like, oh, it's great. And like you sacrifice, but it all makes it worth it. But then like they really get into it and they're like, oh, no, I have to like really sacrifice something. Like something. And like for you, you were a young man. You didn't have like a family or children or anything. You were just kind of on your own doing your own thing. So, yeah. no offense, but you were kind of just, you were only responsible for yourself mostly. So there's I had like. Sarah, I had Sarah with me. Yeah, I wasn't she had like a job. She wasn't. Yeah, yeah she, I was, wasn't. She was handling herself. Yeah. <laughs> I had Ziggy. I had Ziggy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ziggy okay. He's kind of dependent on you. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, yeah. But I think it's like hard to, you know, when people think like I have to sacrifice something, it's like, well, times are already tough. How am I going to sacrifice something? But, you know. Yeah. I suppose if you want it bad enough, you can find find where that sacrifice can be yeah and i and i think there's also like this this culture of like sacrificing stuff seems cool it's like oh i'm willing to like put in the put in the work and make those sacrifices but then when it really comes to like doing it all the time it's like oh this kind of sucks you know it's like (laughs) so i i would recommend find something you're really passionate about where you are making sacrifices there is a lot of hard things to it but Mm. at the end of the day like you you can't really like imagine doing anything else or or it just doesn't it feels like you're driven by by something other than just the profit or or anything like that like you really feel like i love doing this like there isn't anything else i'd rather be doing so right that's that's what i got on that one number one okay well that was a good one you think so i think so yeah cool what about number two what do you got all right, number two. So, and I don't mean to rush you, but we do have like uh, the book report to do too. So, I know, I know, I know, and we're we're already like thirty minutes in here. So, yeah. this is nice because I can see the timer right here. See the timer, and um, <laughs> I don't have to ask. So, there's so many benefits to this. I'm, yeah. I'm really, I'm really liking it so far. Uh, and I can have my notes here. I got my notes right on my computer. So, this is this is really great. It's going to just be so much better content for you. So, uh, number two. You create the way people perceive you. So that was something that that I started to learn. Also, in the beginning, it was, you know, we were doing the projects, we were getting pictures. And I realized that with the internet and social media and websites, you can create how people perceive you. Like if people, people that knew me were just like, oh, Sean's just like got this old beat up pickup truck and he just started out doing this and you know he's he's learning as he goes he doesn't have any equipment he's only got one employee like you know it's very uh bare bones operation here but if you went on our website or our social media i realized pretty quickly that you can create the way that other people perceive you so does that does that sound like a little bit like it sounds so sketchy it sounds a little sketchy but that's i don't mean <laughs> It could be used for for good or for evil, and yeah. I think I used it for good. Like, you could go on our website like within the first year, and compared to a lot of other people in our area, like it, you would look at it, especially like two years in. We had done a couple really cool projects and got some great pictures from it, and you'd go on the website and be like, "Oh, this they must have been in business for a long time. Like they're very high end, they're very established." And at that point, like I, I was still like not making a lot of money at all like figuring it out as i went 
But I realized that you take that opportunity to like see all of these these front facing facets of your business, like your website and your social media presence and all of that stuff. And and you can create that brand and the way that people are going to perceive it. And it's all in your control. So I found that so fascinating in the beginning. Like you're creating not only this business, but this brand and it's it's you get to make it up. You get to make it up and eventually it, you know your experience has to line up with that brand that you created. So like you can't just build a house of cards that you can't live up to, but you you can build them both together. And I just thought that that was super interesting. And, and I really f- was fascinated by that part of it, like the, the branding and the marketing. So I just thought that that was really cool that, that just because I'm somebody that like doesn't have a lot of experience, like doesn't really feel like I know what I'm doing in business or, um, you know, just running into a lot of problems on the job and, and having to reach out for help for different things. You can still create this, this perception of your brand online that you really have this like refined, um, business model and, and these refined projects. And I thought that that was, that was just really cool. And, um, you know, it was pretty early on that, that I realized that and was able to, to leverage it as best as I could. Yeah. I think that's a great one because it's it's not that you want to be sketchy and not live up to the, the image that you put forth. But um, yeah. if you do come across, if you are if you get in the mindset of like, oh, I'm just one guy with a beat up truck and, and, you know, I'm just getting started and you promote yourself in that way, that's all you're ever going to get. That's all, that's all the work exactly. you're ever going to get. So it's like, I think that's a great one to really realize like, okay, there is, you know, you don't want to be disingenuine or like dishonest or promote yourself in a way that's, you know, not something you're able to do. Yeah. But there is a a sort of like ambition to it. Like, you know, give yourself something to live up to, you know, it's kind of like what you want to be, not where you are. It's kind of like dress for the job you want, not the job that you have. Like dress your website up for the jobs that you want, not the jobs that you have. Yeah. Um, And another thing, this is like sort of related that I just found kind of like it was an interesting revelation in the beginning was like there was a lot of times where I didn't have a lot of work or like there was times where I was just sitting at home and there wasn't a job to go to. And there was opportunities to do like these simple uh, 12 by 12 decks or, or, you know, just really, really simple, basic stuff that would keep me busy. But I was always able to turn that stuff down. And my thinking behind it was, number one, those projects are just going to lead to more projects like that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm out, I'm busy, I'm working on projects like that. And I'm not just sitting at home, like wondering where the next paycheck is going to come from. It's not going to put that pressure on me to have to think of something new, like some new idea or new way to market the business. And I, I really felt like I thrived in that setting where the pressure was on. Like, okay, if I really want to do this thing where I'm building these cool projects, I just turned one down that I could have made pretty good money on because it just didn't fit that idea that I had for the business. Like now there's this this fire under my seat like you got to get out there and get creative figure out a way to sell the thing that you want otherwise mm-hmm. you're not 
you're not going to have a house to sit in when you don't have work. So um, I thought that that was really beneficial to me. It just, I always feel like I work best under pressure and that was like the best way to put pressure on the vision in the beginning. Yeah. So does that, did that make sense? It it did. It made made a lot of sense. Yeah. This episode is tough for me. It's all, you know, this is all on me. I feel (laughs) like I'm. Yeah. You centered. So (sighs) jeez. Oh, um, was that good enough for number two? You create the way people perceive you. Yeah. Eventually that does come back. You know, it's time to pay the piper at some point and make sure that you can live up to that, that thing that you've put out there. But, um, you know, a lot of times I think people sell themselves short on the way that they promote themselves. So keep that in mind. You create the way people perceive you. Definitely. That's a great one. I feel like this is like a good outline for a book. <laughs> I was wanting to write a book. I know, like, I really don't have enough uh, experience or knowledge to like write a good book, but oh well, yeah, with that I think, attitude, I think I'd be okay with writing like a very mediocre book, just like <laughs> off the bucket list. Like, I'm not looking to be an author, but it would be cool to write a book. And you gotta get it, a ghostwriter. You you do the outline. You get like the the you know the stuff out there, and then they actually do the like you know the nitty yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> So I can just send this off. This this is a very so, very yeah. basic thing, and uh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, we ready for number three? Yes. Okay. So this was probably a couple years into business, probably like year. I'd say like years three and four, where is where this idea like really fully blossomed, and that is don't look at your client's budget from your own perspective. It's very easy to get into the mindset of like, okay, we're going to sell a backyard project and I know the type of house that I live in. I know how much money I make. Nobody would spend $100,000 or $200,000 or three or four or a million dollars on their backyard. Like that is insane to think about when you're coming at it from the perspective of this is what I have. This is how I was raised. Like this is the money that my parents had when we were growing up like that's that's kind of like what that's your frame of reference when you start out and especially when you're young and you just don't have a lot of experience dealing with a ton of different people that's like where your your frame of reference is so mm-hmm. i really had to break out of that and like there was just a lot of moments where i would be talking to somebody like they would throw out an idea and i'd be like oh well that's you know if we were to do that, that would be really expensive. Like that, that would add another 50,000 or, or so on. And they'd be like, okay, you know, uh, I'm okay with that. And these people were like the same age as me. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm missing something because like, <laughs> I can't afford that. Like, right. And that was a huge hurdle. Like when you look at it from like what you think is affordable and you think is, is worthwhile, you're going to sell yourself short like 90% of the time because people are, People just have a lot of money sometimes. Like they're either like their their family was rich or they have a great job. Like yeah, it's just not the background I came from. So it's really it was just really hard to open my eyes to that and be like, okay, like like the past like year or two, like our projects probably average our average project is probably one hundred fifty thousand dollars now. A couple of years ago, like when I started, it was like 100, like that's mind boggling to me at that point. Like that would be, 
that was more than we did in the first entire year. And you just have to break yourself out of that mindset because people are coming at it with a much different frame of reference. People, there's a lot of people, uh, kind of no matter where you live, there's always these pockets of people that like have a lot of money and can afford it and it's worth it. You know, like that's what you should charge. It's not bad. Like you're not taking advantage of these people because you're charging a lot. Like all the jobs that we do, they're a lot of work. It's worth what we charge, but it's hard to sell those jobs in the beginning because you're like, they're not going to go for that. Like I got to find ways to cut this, cut this design back. And then you present something that's not as good as what they want. And you just lost out by trying to like save them money in your own head. So yeah. Um, that can be a tough one to learn, but it's, it w- it was just like such an eye opener for me. Like when I, when I started dealing with these people and I'm like, what, what do you do for a living? Like, and we work for so many people that are like the same age as us. Yeah. I mean, now I'm like, now I'm 35. So like, there's a lot of like, you should, I don't know. A lot of people have their career like together, but when I was like 27 <laughs> or whatever, it was like, how are you like under 30? Like, I just got out of community college after like nine years, like, and you are like, you own a a house, like a really nice house and you're willing to spend like a hundred grand on something, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But it's not crazy. And that's what you need to realize. Right. I guess. That's a good one. I like that one a lot because it is hard to get at. Yeah. Every time, and I still, I feel like I still get in that like mindset where you're like, and it, I mean, it has happened where we're like, the countertop's going to be like $6,000. So people are like, oh, sometimes they're like, okay, whatever. So it is yeah. kind of like, just, you know, the information is what it is. It's not, you don't need to, you know, yeah. buffer it for who you're presenting it to. Exactly. And you'd be surprised sometimes like who the people are that are like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Versus like. Oh, that's like, you know, and, and you don't know what, like, why that is. It's, is it just because they're cheap or is it because, like, they live in a really expensive house, but they really can't afford <laughs> it's all that a house? house of cards. Yeah, you know, some people, like, some people that, like, really said yes to, like, everything, they live in, like, a modest house and they can say yes to everything because, like, they're not overextending themselves. Like, they're just living within their means. They do mm-hmm. really well for themselves and they're like, yeah, I want a cool backyard and yeah i want all the bells and whistles and i'm willing to pay for it so always keep that in mind um as as kind of a a frame of reference i don't know yeah are you ready for the next one yeah do you want to see this rabbit he's trying to get my lap oh yeah (laughs) and what's his name figgy figgy but pat calls him tupac pat calls him tupac that's pretty cool yeah, that's him. <laughs> He's just straight chilling. What's he sniffing? Just, just the that's air. That's what he does. Yeah, that's pretty he chill. Does. He's pretty cool. Like he'll just do do rabbits normally. Um, so for people that can't that that are listening to this audio wise, <laughs> there is a rabbit uh in Catherine's lap right now, and uh, it's kind of just chilling. Are they normally like that? Like they just uh, I don't know. Chill? I, this is, well, I've, I had a rabbit when I was a kid, but uh, I just, like, trash-picked this one. So I don't really know much about other rabbits. 
Um, I think they're I feel usually... like you're going to need to ex- expand upon that because you didn't actually trash pick the rabbit. You you, you did find the <laughs> rabbit, but like it, it was not like in a trash can. Like no, that's well, sounds... no. He was just out in the wild. Somebody posted it on Facebook. Oh, there's this black rabbit. I don't know if it's domestic or a wild rabbit. And I heard black rabbit and was like, it's not. It's it's a pet. So then I went to go get it, and he was just chilling there and like, all right, I guess you're my ride. Let's go. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do with a rabbit? Why do I have this thing now? Exactly what you're doing right now, just chilling with the rabbit. And now he's just my pet, and he's here all the time. Um, but yeah, he like it's like a cat. He like he's litter box trained. He just kind of he has his own room. He just hangs out. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome. You should pull that rabbit out of a hat at some point. <laughs> you should do like a magic show, but that's like your only trick. That's all I got. The rabbit. That's all trick. you got. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. Right. Anyway, what's your next one? So next one. So those are by Figgy or Tupac. Um, those three were, I would say, like the the foundation of the whole brand and the whole business. Like those were the three most important things, I would say, in the beginning that that kind of built the foundation for where we are now and where we're headed. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna we're transitioning into a different type of lesson here. Those were the things that that were important in the beginning that really were important to learn and important to build upon. But number four, bring people around you that complement your weaknesses. That's a good one. What do you think? Is that a good one? That's a great one. one. Yeah. Like Andrew Carnegie. I figured you would like that one. Um, (laughs) And I think that for me, it was... I st- I mean, you could always do it sooner. You could always bring those people around you sooner. But to me, it felt right like because I was still figuring out the business side of things and figuring out, you know, just just everything on my own in the beginning and like figuring out what this business was and, mm-hmm. and how big is it going to be able to get and what are the type of projects that I really love. And I felt like I had a couple years of that where. I was really in charge of everything and that was that was great for me to get that foundation and and just figure out you know myself a lot more as a business owner like that was such a new thing to me so I felt like that was really important but things really changed like when I brought Anthony on board and that felt like a huge risk at the time like bringing somebody on with that much experience so much more than I have and as soon as I did it was like Okay, this is why didn't I do this sooner? I don't yeah. think I was ready sooner, but it was just like, okay, this person has so much more experience just being on a job site and like running an efficient operation and knowing like let's do this to make this easier later. Like just a lot of things that you learn from being in the trades for a lot of years that it's it's hard to it just takes time to learn a lot of these things. And mm-hmm. it was huge to bring him in with all that experience and, you know, counteract a lot of my weaknesses, which were, you know, I'm I'm great at thinking outside the box and coming up with these ideas. But when it comes like to being an actual like builder, that's not necessarily the thing that comes naturally to me. That's something that I learned along the way, but it was, that's not like, the thing that I came into the business as my strong suit. That's I had to build into that 
and just because I didn't have any other choice. So when he came on board, I was able to like refocus more on the things that I'm good at and delegate a lot of the on the job leadership to him and he mm-hmm. could take that off of my plate. So we were both essentially doing what we do best and that was great. Yeah. And then Catherine came on board and one thing that Catherine will tell you about is I'm not naturally the most organized person. Um, and I feel like I'm actually making Catherine not the most organized person anymore either. <laughs> and I, I just have a very, I don't know, a, a magnetic way about my disorganization. That's just like, <laughs> it's hard to be organized it's around me. Just in, in my, in my, <laughs> circumference or whatever my mm-hmm. area yeah so um that was that was another thing like on the business end of things and the planning side of things and like the strategy side of things bringing somebody in that can kind of be like my counterbalance like just keep things like more centered you know it's it's great to come up with crazy ideas and come up with a lot of them and a lot of them are contradictory like that's good to have in your mind but it's not necessarily good at a certain point in practice in business and i'm really great at like coming up with a lot of ideas the one i come up with today might contradict the one that i had yesterday and you can't act on all of them because you'll just be like spinning in a circle that's very chaotic. So like you need somebody there to be a sounding board and like kind of collaborate on the strategy stuff, the the systems so that you're kind of taking the the best of the ideas that you come up with and you're both putting work into creating the vision for moving forward because as the business grows, you, you can't just, act on every single you know idea that you come up with you can in the beginning it's really easy and fun to do that but at a certain point you can't do that anymore and um you need somebody to kind of counteract or counterbalance your weaknesses and and i think that's um that's what makes our working relationship so good we are probably polar opposites from a professional perspective as far as what our strengths are yeah. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think it's fair. I think there there are I think the fact that you do also come from like a creative headspace. I think that like having that that little bit of um I don't know what do you call it like a synergy or uh sameness symbiotic relationship didn't we say that before use that word symbiotic yeah 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 i think something like that um or just having that like similar kind of like headspace that we come from Mm -hmm. i think it you know it helps you understand like where i'm coming from a lot of the time when i come up with some some crazy good or crazy stupid idea and you know so so we're both coming from crazy stupid I mean, there's plenty of them that have been really, really dumb. Every idea um, is a good idea at some point. <laughs> it's not really. That's not true at all. Yeah. I've come up with lots of stupid ideas, and 
But the only idea that's never good is the one that you don't come up with or whatever. You don't say. That's usually, don't that, that works out. kind of better with jokes. The only joke that's never yeah. funny is the one that you don't say. So right. I will say a lot of really funny jokes. But it's because I'm willing to say a lot of ones that aren't funny at all. Yeah. I'm willing to deal with the crickets to get the applause. <laughs> so that's that's kind of a life lesson right there. Yeah, that's a good Wrapped one. up in that little metaphor. But we both come from that same creative headspace. But besides that, like our, our professional strengths, I think, are polar opposites. And it, it, helps, it helps us work together and, um, you know, come up with a good plan that, that makes sense and is still creative and is still cool and, and still speaks to our brand. But it's it's not as chaotic as it would be if... I was just, you know, driving the ship because I'd forget I was driving the ship and I would make turns and everyone would fall off and they'd be like, where are you going? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> Something like that. Right. That was a great analogy. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, all right. We're, we're really we're really running up against it here. This this yeah. I thought it was going to be harder to talk for a long time doing this virtual but it's making it a lot easier for some reason yeah um all right i'll just get into the last one and then we'll get into our book review because we're running out of time and this one this one doesn't need a whole lot of explanation but okay. it's something as you grow the business and like it becomes a little bit more successful and a little bit more um there's a little bit more to lose you know you're, you're you have employees you have you know all of this stuff and you always need to remember well here it is number five always respect the fact that you are only a few bad decisions away from going out of business so not to alarm you like we're not we're not close to going out of business <laughs> gathering, okay. but, um, we're fine but i think a lot of people when they reach a certain point of success or comfort and they can just start coasting and not look at their business or their decisions with such, you know, such a focus as they did when they were trying to grow it. You know, it just gets to a certain point and they're like, this is good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this, you know, making enough money. I'm comfortable and things are running smoothly. And it's really easy to just make a couple bad decisions or, or just not make a decision to like see things are changing in the industry or in the economy or anything like that. Like you can just get too comfortable and miss some big things and you could go out of business. And um, the bigger the company is, I think the more you need to be aware of that because by the time you see the industry has changed or, you know, customers are buying a different type of thing or you're not providing the thing that you know other people are you know or you're just you know outdated and and the the service or the product that you're offering is antiquated by the time you realize that it's too late and it's too it's it's too late to turn the ship around and and go towards you know where everyone else already is so i think it's you just have to hold that with a certain amount of respect that it's nothing's ever going to be comfortable and you can just cruise forever because everything's always changing 
um, you always need to be on the lookout for what's next and what clients want, what what the industry is is giving you, what technology is coming out. And if you get too comfortable, you can really be in trouble. And the bigger you are, the easier it is to lose all that. And uh, I think it's just it's just a good thing to always always have in your head like oh my god i go out of business but just hold that with a certain amount of respect that nothing is promised and what do they say success is rented and it's due every day or something i haven't heard that one it's it's on like you know you can buy like a it's probably more men get those ads where it's like motivational posters that you can like put in your office and it's like success isn't owned it's rented and rents due every day Oh. And it's maybe got like a sweaty guy on it or something. I don't know. It's like really. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that one? That hasn't popped up? It hasn't popped up. Maybe I'll get that for right behind me <laughs> on this nice blank wall. But that's my five things. Great job. That's my five things. And, uh, that was really great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I learned I really a lot. Appreciate now I'm going to go start my own business. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to come clean. I just I just wrote all these down five minutes ago. Like literally five minutes ago. Well, we've been recording for an hour, so. I think it'd be an hour and five minutes ago. An hour and five minutes ago. Because I was like, I know we're about to record the podcast. Did we pick anything that we're going to talk about? And then as I sat down to my computer, I was like, oh, that's right. It's my lessons that I learned. So I came up with them. But that's how good the lessons were. They're real lessons. They, they're always front of mind. And they came right okay. out. So. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Great job. I can. Congratulations. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was an applause. I thought that. <laughs> I now have control over the, the soundboard. So um, you might hear some, you know, if there's a really good joke. <laughs> something like that. I won't Did you get already play away. with that enough to know which one's which? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. They're not labeled. It's just a color. It's just a color. And, uh, you know. Like I said, the only joke that's never funny is the one that you don't tell. So you got to deal with the to get the. Wow, well, you really yeah. do know that soundboard. I do. Um, <laughs> all right, so I think I think you know what's next and what what are the lessons that we want to learn and and the vision. I think that that should be its its whole own episode. So let's not even get into that because okay. uh, that's something we could easily riff on for. I don't know, five hours or whatever. That's five, five yeah. episodes, yeah. <laughs> so, time for our book review. Time for our book review. Our book review. Another manly man, alpha yeah. male book, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Be Useful. Um, do you want to start off? I did a lot of talking already. Um... I hate to be, I feel like I'm going to be negative right, right off the bat and I can't. Yeah. Just this, he has a couple books. So, and I think he's written books before, like before this one. Um, but this book, see, I, I, I just can't not be negative. I'm such a Debbie Downer. But he frames this book in the intro like he went through a very traumatic life event. And then this was this was how he compiled all of his life lessons that he learned throughout his life to like get his life back. 
his phoenix rising from the ashes moment. Do you agree with that? Is that like a fair yeah. synopsis? And then, so then the rest of the book is like somewhat autobiographical where he's like telling stories that happened to him and like how you can, you know, relate that to your own life. Um, so Arnold, I, I mean, everybody knows Arnold Schwarzenegger, so it's like, you don't really need to tell too much, but I felt like this thing that happened to him, he did to himself. And he kept yeah, saying, what, what exactly was, cause I don't, I don't, he says, you know, you can Google it if you want. <laughs> you can Google it. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> uh, he was married to, uh, Maria Shriver. Who's, who's a, she's like a, she's a Kennedy. Is that something? Yes. Yeah. She's related somehow to the Kennedys. The Kennedys. Okay. Yeah. Like um, Jamie Kennedy or like, <laughs> or like the Kennedys that were like. In, I'll Google it because I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak, but. Go ahead, Google it. Google it. Um, but anyway, so. Just as a member of the Kennedy family. I need like a, I need like a, a family. We'll save that. That's not important. Okay. Not important at Eunice all. Eunice Kennedy. Oh, Chris Pratt is, is her son-in-law. Anyway. Oh, word. None of that is important. However, so in the book, he talks about like how this like life-changing thing happened. And, you know, in it, he says like, this is why he had to change his life around. But he doesn't say what it is. He says, you know, you probably already know the story. And if you don't, you can Google it. Uh, but he, his wife was Maria Shriver and he cheated on her with like the nanny or something like it was, a, and it was very public. It was like a very public divorce and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then throughout the book and in that first, like, you know, when he doesn't, when he won't say what he did, he just kept saying like, when my world collapsed, yeah, which I lost so much respect for him because I don't think, you know, cheating on your spouse is horrible and terrible and life ruining for a lot of people. Um, I don't think you need to be like, ostracized from society for the rest of the life of your life but you should also like admit to what you did and if and if you're gonna write an entire book about like overcoming things you should say what that thing was that you did and i did not like that he kept saying when my world came crashing down instead of like when i imploded my world so well he's not saying that he didn't he wasn't the one he's just saying it it did collapse and it could Extreme have been ownership. Him. You got to take ownership of your mistakes. You can't write a whole book about rising from the ashes when you're like kind of vague about what the inciting incident is. So well, right I off think, the bat, I was like, nah, I, I don't think like this. this is his way of like, you know, kind of putting this behind him. Like everyone did know. I, I like sort of knew. I, I wasn't totally yeah. sure. I knew it, it was something like that. Like, I don't know any of the details, but I know, I think it was when he was governor possibly, mm-hmm. but, um, so, like, everyone does know about it, and, like, that's not the point of the book. The point of the book is, like, these lessons that he's learned, you know, not even not even because of this, but, like, these are things that he, he built his life on, and getting back to those things helped him, you know, after he made a huge mistake or whatever. Or maybe it wasn't even a mistake, because he, at the end, he, uh, he says, thanks to Maria, because uh, she's a wonderful... She was a wonderful partner and a wonderful mother to my children. And then he says somebody else who he's been with for a while. I wonder if, is that the same person? Uh, oh, like he married the, the person? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I forget what the name was, but Heather or Helen or something. Anyway, that's, that doesn't even matter. That's, that's not the point of the book. You right. obviously held on to that, that, and I think it clouded your judgment. I thought it was awesome. I would say so. 
I thought it was great. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, super cool. Um, the only thing that like I've seen a bunch of his movies and and stuff like that. Like the only thing that I've really seen of him like not acting like was Pumping Iron, which is like you know from a seventies or whatever, where he's just like all juiced up bodybuilder yeah. and like you know you kind of see that side of him, but when he's talking about, you know, moving to America and like all the decisions that he had to make the whole time to to do all these things that he's done, it it makes it it looks like it's not happenstance that he got to where he was. He he made conscious decisions and said no to a lot of things to get to where he wanted to be. And mm-hmm. it made a lot of sense. Like, you know, he was this huge bodybuilder, just this like giant meathead. And it's like he wanted to be an actor. And it's like, you know, you just think of Arnold Schwarzenegger now. And you're like, yeah, of course he's an actor. But, you know, before he had done anything, it's just like, yeah, this is just this huge juiced up meathead. Like, yeah, he can play the the Nazi soldier or the the bodyguard or the bouncer. But, like, nobody did want him as, like, a leading man in any movie. Yeah. But he said no to all of those other opportunities because he didn't want to be pigeonholed into that and he knew that you know if you say yes to being the the nazi soldier in a movie it's going to lead to more roles like that you know that's what you're going to be like typecast as so i thought that that part was really cool like he really had this deep belief in himself like this is what i want this is the vision and and i know that these decisions aren't going to bring me closer to it just because it's an acting gig it's going to actually bring me further away from it and I just felt like I vibed with that a lot. I thought it was really, really just just smart. And like he has a lot of power in vision and bringing things to life that, that he wants to do. So I, I, thought, I thought it was awesome. I really, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, come on. Yeah. The, the he, thing I he did is in the past, and that's between them. I was I, I, Hey, I agree. I I'm not, I don't think that he should be, I'm not saying that I think that he should be like ostracized forever. I just think that if you're going to make a giant mistake and then write a book about it, you should be like, I want to be honest. This is what happened. This is what I did. This is why it was such a big thing. Um, and I did, I did really like his, his message of like, just, just complete belief in yourself. Cause even after, so he was bodybuilder and then they're like, then he finally broke into like action roles. And then he's like, you know what? I think I want to do comedy now. And he like, really fought his way to do comedy movies as well and i think that 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 is cool and i like that you know he fought so hard and he believed so much in his in his you know role in that um i feel like i just feel like there's there's certain things about it that become and i guess he just has this like larger than life persona so maybe that's just him but like there was this whole thing in in like talking about the covid response and he wasn't governor anymore but he like solved the entire problem for california and like and he he uh what did he say he no one from austria came to the united states before he did but now because of him he like he made this huge surge in austrian like (laughs) immigration to the united states just because of him just because (laughs) of him i don't know if that's I mean, I didn't Google yeah. it. Maybe it's true, but I was like, I feel like people from Austria are probably coming to the United States before and after. I don't know if probably. they necessarily had a, a huge thing in it, but 
yeah. you know, that's just him. He's like, he's like a bigger than, you know, larger than life kind of guy. So, uh, I did, I, but I did like the, the, the unwavering belief in, in himself. I think that that was really, that was quite interesting. There you go. I th- I thought it was I thought it was awesome. Um, I, I just I was Wait, impressed by how intelligent and how um, you know just just he really like walks the walk about what he believes in himself and he's willing to stick to it and not like compromise on that, which yeah is really tough to do when you're you know that level of success. Like the things that are derailing you from your greater vision, it's not like little things it's like huge opportunities still like mm-hmm. you got a lot of huge opportunities to do more stuff in like the the bodybuilding world but he wanted to to go to hollywood and it's like he didn't he wasn't just turning down like a, a minimum wage job to follow his dream you know his next dream he was he was turning down like hundreds of thousands of dollars which back then was huge so i thought that was awesome um yeah. probably the, the thing that i found the most interesting well not not the most interesting but that really surprised me was, do you remember what he said? Like, I mean, he's been in so many huge movies, like, like huge blockbusters. And what movie he's made the most money from? Mm, yeah. Do you remember? Uh, Twins. Yeah. With Danny DeVito. Yeah. Which I was like, <laughs> I've, I've heard of that movie. movie. What'd you say? I've never actually seen that movie. Me either. Part of it, but I've never seen it. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. And uh, it was his first comedy movie. And it was because they nobody was interested in shooting this movie because um you know he was making a lot of money at the time because he was already like this huge action star Danny mm-hmm. DeVito was like really huge then so if they were just you know on the bill of this movie it would have been really expensive and nobody wanted to like take a chance on it so they started pitching um production studios like we'll forego our salary on this but we just want a cut of the earnings afterwards so it eliminated a lot of risk for the production company or the the whatever you call it mm-hmm. the what do you, is that what you call it like yeah, the, studio, so. the studio the studio yeah um you're from la you know this stuff <laughs> um so it uh it took away a lot of the risk for them, but they believed like, hey, this is going to be a really great movie. Yeah. And because of that, they were willing to not get paid on the front end. And it wasn't a huge risk for the studio. So they made the movie. And even all the other movies that he's made where he made $20 million just for being the star of, that movie he's made more than any other one because it took that risk. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was cool. So I want to see that, that is movie. Cool. Now. That's a cool story. We should we we should uh, watch that at lunch one day because I I would like to see it as well. How long do you think lunch is? <laughs> well, over a couple lunches, I guess. Okay. <laughs> we have been getting a little bit lax with the amount of time we take for lunch lately, but that's excessive. <laughs> I'm sure it's at least ninety minutes. Well, that's fine. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm gonna be away. I, I I need I need you to say you're not gonna watch an entire feature length film during lunch. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean that's that's, that's yeah, basically that's... what it's like to just have me in the background of, you know, trying to work. It's probably about equally distracting. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, I did like he said he said rest is for babies and relaxation is for retired people. <laughs> that was the only <laughs> quote that I wrote down from this. Whole book. Okay, that was funny. 
Um, He's saying like, don't you don't rest. You don't get to rest. Work hard. You and don't rest. 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 Rest is, is for babies. For babies. <laughs> rest is for babies. I, I is that your best? I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to say certain things. Like I could say, get through the chopper. <laughs> but like to just talk like, like yeah. in the normal, like say other things. It's it's hard. He kept you saying, "Do another one, California, 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 California." California. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. I mean, it is hard. Yeah. What a great guy, though. All right, so give give us your score. What what score you got for this? Mm, Five point four. I've, that's low. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Um, I've been going really high with a lot of these. I'm gonna go eight point seven. I just thought it was great. I mean, it's somebody that like you know everybody knows Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I didn't know that much about you know it's just his whole life. I felt like it was more of like a a biography than yeah. anything. Like there was a lot of cool points in it and like cool. Um, lessons that that he lives by and stuff, but I just thought it was a really interesting as like a biography to know about his story, and I thought it was pretty inspiring. You know, well, his extreme ownership aside of this situation <laughs> and his world collapsing, but yeah, I thought it was super cool. I'm gonna give it an eight point seven, and uh, that's where I'm at. Okay. So you're pretty high with these ratings. I know, I know. <laughs> that's just how I live my life. I like, I, I like to. You know, feel that everything, everything is just like the best. I don't know. Yeah. But it was great. It was great. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. What do we got for next week? So I'm trying to look at. Uh, I know we picked one, but now I, it does not appear that I had. Uh, it was like. Downloaded it. It was surrounded by idiots or something. Yes. Surrounded by idiots was one that we said, but it's, that's a long one. Oh, it's yeah, like yeah, 10 yeah. hours. Do you okay, want yeah, to commit to that? that? Uh, well, you... I'm going to be away. Yeah, you're going to be away, so that's going to be hard for you to do. Yeah. I, um, the... I think we should save Surrounded by Idiots, though, because that does have have good reviews and everything. Okay. You know what? Have we done... We started this with Atomic Habits, right? Uh, I don't remember. We did read that. I mean, I've read that a couple times. I love Me that too. That's Let's make I, sure that we didn't do that. I feel like we we did. Um, I know we've talked about it many times. Yeah. We talked about when maybe we both read it like two years ago. We've definitely I think we were both, both read it at the same time, but I don't remember if we did it again. Hmm. Let's check on that. Let's do okay. "Surrounded right. by Idiots." Is that what it's called? Surrounded by idiots. Bye. <laughs> Uh, by Thomas Erickson. The four types okay. of human behavior and how to effectively communicate with each in business and in life. I feel like this is going to be a good one. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to feel like the idiot that everyone needs to learn no. how to communicate with. No. I think the, the point of it is everyone has different communication styles and it's just you need to learn how to communicate with everybody. Oh, it's, it's just, in the end, the people aren't actually idiots. It's just you don't know how to think communicate that with they're them. They're idiots because you can't communicate with them. But not it. Nobody's an idiot. Yeah, it's just that you know Nancy in accounting just <laughs> communicates with grunts and you know <laughs> and head nods. She's not an idiot. She just you know just different. Just different. It's okay. Right, well, it's just different. 
I'm excited to get into that. Surrounded by Idiots by, what is it, Tom Erickson? Yes. Tom Erickson. So uh, let us know what guests you want us to have on here. I think it's going to be really cool. We're going to build out the studio. My studio is going to be looking sick. So you have, uh, you got a lot of, that should be like a competition. Who's, okay. Whose background can look cooler? Well, there's only like, there's not that much space to work with. But we'll come up with something. that attitude. Oh, I'll push this camera back. I'll get a whole wall. <laughs> Whoa. Got my Costco tree right now. That's it. I have my big uh, ass calendar. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Pretty cool. All right. Well, we're, 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 uh, we're way over time. So let's, let's stop this. Are you, are you frozen now? Uh oh. Uh oh. Well, that's pretty much, uh, all we got for today. So, uh, till next time, this has been the hardworking happy hour. See you next week.